Good afternoon. This is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tucson, Arizona, a stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon folks. We are back in back in the old greatness. This is the Russell Wortham Show. So glad that you guys can be here. If you want, and and this is my my usual uh, aside, if you will. If you want, you can listen to me any day, any time of the week on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere and everywhere you can find podcasts. Just type in The Russell Wortham Show. This is your one-stop shop for sports and WWE, so please (laughs) listen to the show at your convenience. If you're listening to me through through iTunes, please give me a like, put a message in there for me, do whatever you gotta do to listen to the show, because I'm doing this for a few reasons. One, well, it's fun. I love doing the show. I I love being on your giving people the opportunity to to hear my my uh, views, my takes on the world of sports. Two, well, you know what? I have made no bones about the fact that I have depression. I have anxiety, and. This actually has helped me to focus those two things so that, you know, I'm not really, uh, do I still have depression? Like, I'm always going to have depression, okay? Some days are going to be better than others. But, but, this is a way for me to channel this in a good and positive way. And maybe help somebody else uh, out there who is struggling with depression, struggling with uh, anxiety, struggling with uh, mental health issues. Is there a reason why I'm doing it? I'm not going to lie. Still looking for a job. (laughs) Still looking for a job in the radio business. And again, I'm not naming names. I'm not trying to uh, disparage anybody. But when people say, you know what, we want to talk to you, and then they promptly don't talk to me, that that doesn't bode well. So I am trying every which way to get my voice out there, to get somebody, anybody, who's in the radio business to say, you know what? We think we can give you a chance. We think we can give you we can give you a slot. <laughs> That's all I want. This is all I've ever wanted in my life was to be on the radio. That's it. So if I can use this show to get a job in the radio business, to get myself out there. That that would be fantastic. I 
don't know if that will ever happen. I know people in the radio business, okay, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if it would ever happen for me, you know, getting into that that possibility. But uh, anyway, so that's pretty much why I do this show on a weekly basis. And look, whether I get one listen, ten listens, a hundred listens. I I put my show out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And again, you can listen to me anywhere you can get podcasts. So that's my opening. So what's going on with the show for this week? Well, uh, for you, it's going to be no time at all for me. Uh, got a, a a few things uh, that I need to take care of before we get into things in proper. But we've got the NFL. Tons of games this past week, week eleven of the NFL. We've got, as promised last week, we do have your updated top twenty-five poll for the college football playoff rankings. That will be up on the show. Your weekly installment of if the playoffs were to be held today, both in the NBA and the NHL, that will be up for grabs as well. And then in WWE news, oh my gosh, tons, okay, tons to talk about. Survivor Series weekend is this weekend. You can believe that. It's coming up tomorrow night is NXT TakeOver. And then the next night is Survivor Series. It's in Chicago. And with CM Punk coming back at least to a WWE-related show. You can see where I'm going with this. I've got some thoughts about CM Punk this week. On his first episode, first full episode of WWE Backstage. So, all that, so much more, and I will be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And as promised, we start off, as we always do, this time of year... With the NFL, tons of games going on this past week. So let's start off with Kansas City versus the Los Angeles Chargers from Stadio Azteca, I should say. Stadio Azteca, down in Mexico City, Mexico. And it was was actually a pretty fun game. Uh, The Chiefs. Of course, they're making up from last year's game down in Mexico City that had to be scrapped because the field, there was no field. It was weird. It was a weird set of circumstances. And uh, if you watch the game this this year, if you watch the game between the Chiefs the Chargers, technically there was turf down on the field, 
But it just, I don't know. It, it, it looked, it looked a little bit better than Oakland's field. I mean, <laughs> you, you heard what I said last week about Oakland's field. That it looks like it's concrete that's just been painted green. It looks awful. It just, it looks unforgiving. I wouldn't want to be tackled in Oakland. I just, I wouldn't. But <clears throat> the Chargers marched down the field early. Phil Rivers early, okay, early looked good. He didn't end up <laughs> so well. He had four interceptions in the game. Some of those interceptions just were just ugly, and it just didn't didn't look good. Kansas City's run defense was just bad throughout the game. I mean, and I don't know which which run defense has been worse, Kansas City's or Atlanta's. Both of them were bad. Uh, there were holes in that defense for Kansas City. Again, <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair, and on that turf... Those field conditions, I could have probably still gone through, you know, those holes for five, six yards a pop. I mean, that's just that's just how that goes. Uh the interception streak continues. Again, we talked about that with Philip Rivers. So on a week to week basis, you know, a few years ago. It was the idea of, oh my gosh, how much of a streak is it going to be that at least one game is going to go into overtime? Well, this year, through 11 weeks, every single week has had at least one fumble, one interception, and one missed kick of some variety. Either a field goal or... An extra point. So, I mean, that's that's your holy trinity, if you will, of defenses. That that's happened at least one time over the last eleven weeks. That's unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes willed Kansas City to the win. And again, I don't want to harp on this, but is Philip Rivers done? Like he's a good quarterback. He's going into the Hall of Fame, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl. And he had four interceptions. I it it just blows my mind with with uh with Philip Rivers. <clears throat> All right, next up the Los Angeles Rams versus the Chicago Bears. Again, miss kicks. Just keep on coming. It was it was kind of a sloppy game. I mean, Todd Gurley is, you know, he got more active. Jared Goff got more active. But it was it was a pretty sloppy game all the way around. Uh, next up, so New England, Philadelphia. Brady throws away passes way too much. I I just 
I don't understand it. I understand self-preservation. I understand if you honestly don't see something that you absolutely have to throw it away. But Tom Brady's been doing that a lot this year. And I'm just like, okay, well, you're 42. I'm not saying you can't play, but uh, we'll see what happens. There was a fumble. I mean, the fumble, you know, the fumbles were just plentiful this week with everybody. It seemed like it just felt like, oh, my gosh. Uh, So there's that. And I was really impressed with the pinpoint punting. You can just, I mean, it used to be where... You had, you know, a, a punter that could just boom it right out of the end zone, and you start, you know, you start them back off at the twenty, twenty-five yard line, and you can try to go from there. Whereas now, you can actually pinpoint the kicks to be within the five yard line, within, you know, that that area. And it's it's really incredible what they can do anymore. Uh, San, uh, San Francisco versus Arizona. I mean, Richard Sherman is a great, great defensive player. He's going into the Hall of Fame. He's won a Super Bowl. Very nearly won a second straight Super Bowl. He's going into the Hall of Fame. But that pass interference call early on in the game was just I mean that was that was the easiest pass interference call you know in the world to make uh, I I just you know they, they didn't have to explain it they didn't have to slow it down they I mean I in in full speed real time I was like yep 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 that's that's very clearly a pass interference call against Richard Sherman Kyler Murray is keeping Arizona in these games. The problem, and I've said this before, and I don't mean this to be disparaging of Kyler Murray. I don't mean this to be um, rude, if you will. But Kyler Murray looks small out there. He is a small quarterback. He, he looks like he's just going to get killed every single time that somebody, you know, pass rushes him. And Kyler Murray has done some great things. Again, I believe Arizona is much, much, much better than their record. But, but, you still have to win the game. I mean, the Cardinals were were handling the 49ers. They were, they were beating the 49ers. It looked like, oh, okay, you're going to hand them, you know, a second straight, uh, well, not a second straight loss, but you're going to hand them their, their second loss of the year. And then Jimmy Garoppolo came back and just took over the game. Uh, why on earth, why on this green earth did New England 
trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I know, Tom Brady. Look, every single time that you have a good or a great backup from New England, uh, they allow that backup to finish up the year, maybe get a Super Bowl ring out of it, and then when there's been talk of Tom Brady retiring, Tom Brady comes back and says, nope, trade them. Trade them right now. And because he's Tom Brady, the Patriots are like, fine, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll trade this, uh, this, this person, Jacoby Brissett, now Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, they haven't, can, can you name the backup quarterback for New England? I can't. I I'd, I'd have to Google search to see who it is. I just I don't know why Tom Brady is feeling that insecure. He's the greatest statistically speaking, he is the greatest quarterback in the history, the 100-year history of the NFL. He has six championships to his name. Very well could have had nine by this point. And you're telling me that he's feeling that much uh, of, of being insecure? Come on. You, you're married to, to Giselle Bunchen. You have good-looking kids. You've got presumably a nice house. All the money in the world that you could possibly want. You've got championships on top of championships MVPs Pro Bowls you got everything going for you Tom why are you that insecure if you knew that a backup could help the Patriots to win and and, and keep the train on the tracks until you got back then why, why do you go out of your way to say, you know what, we're just going to get this person out of the league, or at least out of New England, uh, by the end of the year? I, it, it just makes no sense. Jimmy Garoppolo should not be a 49er, period. Shouldn't. If you're a New England Patriots fan, you're you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and you're thinking this could have been our this could have been our next guy. This could have been this could have been the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And that didn't happen. So I'm not blaming Tom Brady per se, but I am saying, come on, Tom. Stop being that insecure. Alright? You're not going anywhere, so why are you jettisoning off all these backups? Why are you going out of your way to say, you know what, yeah, I don't want this backup. 
Go, go, go play somewhere else. I got this. Well, if you go down with an injury, and I'm not talking about Tom Brady, I'm talking about anybody. You go down with an injury, who's your backup? I mean, the Patriots mantra for the last 20 years has been next man up. Next person up. And they, they, that's just how they go. If you aren't 100%, then somebody else jumps in. And then you just go from there. They are so deep. They are so deep in New England with their 53-man roster that it feels like they can they can replace people at will and they can just keep on going. Rob Gronkowski retires. Tom Brady doesn't have his big bruising tight end, but he's found other ways to keep the train on the tracks. And outside of Baltimore, which Baltimore has been just world beaters this year. We'll, we'll talk about Baltimore you know, in a bit. But, come on. Again, any player goes down. You would want to know that your backup can keep the train on the tracks. And so, I don't know why Tom Brady is feeling that insecure. I just, I don't know. He says he wants to play for another three years. But come on. Let's be honest. If you keep throwing the ball away that much, at some point people are going to get upset and say, you know what, Tom, the game's passed you by. Good luck trying to find a backup. So anyway, so there's <clears throat> that. Uh, Cincinnati and Oakland. Cincinnati is a wreck. They're owing 10 I I think at this point, I would never tell anybody to intentionally tank. And, and they've tried. The NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL. They have intentionally told people to not tank. They've uh, threatened to take away draft picks, take away... The uh, advantage, the statistical advantage they would have as far as getting the number one pick, equalizing things out. But teams, you know teams still tank. I mean, it's just clear as day. They still tank. And maybe that's what Cincinnati needs to do, is they need to tank and just overhaul their roster. Just completely just... I, I'm not a fan of fire sales, okay? I'm not a fan of just completely demolishing a team and starting over. But they need to blow up the team and start over. <laughs> uh, and it's really sad because... It's really sad because Cincinnati went to a couple Super Bowls when I was a kid. I remember when they were going to beat the 49ers. 
until they didn't. And that was one of the greatest drives I've ever seen in my life from Joe Montana. Just marching methodically down the field, no panic, just marching down the field and you know beating uh beating the uh, the Bengals. And Cincinnati hasn't done anything, you know, amazing really in 25, 30 years. I mean, it's pretty sad. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, Oakland's field is just, it's its bad. It, and I, I think... <sighs> Maybe it's a camera trick or something because it looks like painted on uh, concrete because the numbers on the field, they just, I don't know, it, it just looks flat. It just, it, there's no depth to the turf. There, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a wreck. I, I don't know. Um, dirt, uh... Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. My gosh, this guy has had a renaissance in his career. But that was the ugliest dive I've ever seen in my life to get in the end zone. He gets in, he stops, he looks, and then he just jumps in. I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of an ugly dive. But hey, you know, uh, Oakland... For their credit, they have kept themselves at least in earshot of making the playoffs. So, we'll see what happens. Next up, uh, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. Marlon Mack is (laughs) just crazy with mad moves. Did you see that double spin move? He made, I mean, he spun once, broke out of a tackle, spun again, and just kept on running. This guy is just absolutely amazing. Speaking of quarterbacks that are just done, uh, Nick Foles. I, look, I can appreciate, you know, and for people that are listening here in the Tucson area, you're you're probably going to be like, Oh my gosh, you're you're ripping on Nick Foles. Don't Nick don't don't rip on Nick Foles. Look, I remember a game from Nick Foles. Uh I remember a game from Nick Foles where he was just throwing balls all over the field. I mean he was just spring balls all over the field. And I I joked with my parents, thinking, am I going to go down Speedway to work tomorrow and see footballs out <laughs> on Speedway? Uh, it's just like, oh my gosh. Uh, fortunately, I you know <laughs> I didn't, but that's the reputation that Nick Foles had now. Nick Foles did, to his credit, win a Super Bowl. But now that he's down in Jacksonville, it just feels like 
he's back to being Nick Foles. You know? And this goes back to my argument from last week. If you want a team, and I, I before the show, I was seeing that the NFL wanted to have a game, or not just a game, have a team, potentially, potentially in Mexico City. Okay, well, that's all well and good, but you want a team in London, you want a team in Mexico City, the only team that would really be just right there as far as relocating is Jacksonville. Again, you have uh you have uh people that uh don't exactly come to the games. You have to black out games in the northern Florida, Tallahassee, Orlando, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Southern Georgia area. That's not that that is not good for uh you know, th- that is just really just really troubling. You know, for any franchise, especially for Jacksonville, they're a much better team than what the record states. And again, I have ripped on the Khan family, not because I don't think they're good owners. Far from. I've been critical of the Khan family because... I think that they need to invest in the Jaguars. I love all elite wrestling. I know that's Tony Khan's baby. I know that he's just a part of the Jaguars. He's not the actual owner. But when you're telling me that you're spending your time, your money, your resources, your energy into a fledgling wrestling promotion rather than a team that has been around for 25 years hasn't done much of anything over that 25 year span they can be a great great team but the resources aren't there so either you A sell the team to people that are actually wanting this to take off, to grow, to be a thing in Jacksonville, or you move the team. It's it's that simple. Those are your two options. If you're not going to invest in the team, either you sell the team off or you move it over to London, to Mexico City, and let's just, let's just call Call good good. You, you know? Um, anyway. Moving on. Uh, Dallas and uh, Detroit. Dak Prescott. Hey. He got ripped. He got ripped. For his game. Against. The. Uh, against the Vikings. 
But Dak Prescott is back. Had a great game. Driscoll for Detroit. He may not be in Detroit much longer, but dang, he's good. I really think he's a good backup quarterback. Again, if you are a team that is in search of a backup, look at this Driscoll fella and say, okay, we think you can be a good backup quarterback somewhere. New England won't happen because, again, Tom Brady is that insecure and he doesn't believe, he doesn't want a backup. So you almost have to say to yourself, all right, well, we have a chance, we have a shot, we we can we can make this thing work, you know. Um, uh, Buffalo, Miami, ten weeks in, and Miami's defense still looks like a high school team. It just their their defense is bad. And so, yeah, I just, I don't, again, I don't know which defense is worse. Theirs, Atlanta's, or Kansas City's. I don't know. It, it's pretty much, you know, it's pretty much a statistical, you know, tie, as far as I'm concerned. Buffalo did have six sacks in the game. Miami, none. Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, has been keeping Miami in these games. So, the idea that Miami is just this really overmatched team, yeah, the record isn't great, but I think that Miami could be a lot better. It's just their defense that has just totally let them down this year. Uh, Minnesota and Denver... What the heck happened to Denver in the second half? They absolutely collapsed. They were up 20 to nothing in Minneapolis, St. Paul. They had the Vikings, pardon the phrase, dead to rights. They absolutely had them just, I mean, they, they contained Kirk Cousins for the majority of that game. But they just it was it was it was a collapse in the fourth quarter. Uh there was you know, there was there was there was there was a fumble, then there was an interception back to back plays, so that was pretty crazy. Minnesota looked horrible in the first half. They they absolutely you know they couldn't uh they couldn't run. Like I said, Kirk Cousins looked human in the first half. It, it just they they couldn't get anything going. Diggs though is a freak. Okay, this guy's a freak. The thing that he wanted out earlier this year. Remember, I believe it was week one. He said, I want out of Minnesota. Give me the heck out of here. These guys are just give me the heck out of here. And what happened was I think they had to go back to the drawing board. 
I think they had to get back on the same page between Kirk Cousins and 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 Diggs, and Diggs. I mean Diggs. Phew, yeah, that that guy can play. My gosh. Uh, it's not like Denver didn't have chances. They they were in that game till the very very end, and again. They played well throughout the game. I just don't know why they let Minnesota back in the game. I just, I I think they must have taken their foot off the pedal or something defensively. And for Denver, this was the fourth blown fourth quarter lead this year. Out of 10 games... They've blown four games in the fourth quarter. It's just insane. You can't, you can't have a great team without winning. So if you're not going to play Joe Flacco, if their backup is good but isn't super, you know, um, super great, then you gotta go to the third string, which is Brett Rippon. <laughs> you play at Boise State, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break, I'm going to break a rule. Remember how a couple weeks ago I said, if you are a journalist, unless they expressly pay for you to root for a team, you need to be fair, objective, you, you, you know, you can't publicly root for, for, for a team or, or a player. Uh, I'm breaking that rule right now. Uh, and I'm saying that Brett Rippon proved absolutely 100% Proved himself at Boise State. He proved he can play. He proved that uh, he could be that good of a player. Now, whether or not he'll get a chance in the NFL, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Boise State quarterbacks haven't exactly fared well. Jared Zembranski. I, I think he was a one and done. Kellen Moore, uh, he never really, to be fair to Kellen Moore, he never really got a good legitimate shot in the, in the NFL. Yes, he was the starting quarterback for much of the year a couple of years ago. Um, you know, a couple of years ago uh, in Dallas taking over Dak Prescott, but he didn't really get much of a chance, you know, otherwise to be a good quarterback. Now, Brett Rippon, you know, I I think there's, I'm not saying that there's a bias against Boise State. I'm just saying they have a chance to show that, you know, um, Boise can can play. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh 
So you've got Washington and the Jets. Hey, according to Tony Kornheiser on his podcast this week, tickets, general admission tickets, okay, not special tickets, not reduced uh, fair tickets, not MVP, you know, VIP tickets. Just write your general admission tickets on ticket trading sites to get into FedEx Field four dollars. <laughs> four dollars to get into FedEx Field. That's how bad that Washington is. Now, Daniel Snyder has owned that team most of my life. He was a wonderkind. He was the it guy. Well, what has Daniel Snyder done for at least 15 years? 20 years? Not much. So, here's the thing for Daniel Snyder. The problems are as follows. One FedEx field, I hate to say, is a dump. Okay, I, I I went there one time, and it literally looks. I mean, with the the walls, you know, and and just how the stadium is 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 um, set up and all that, it it looks like you're in a freaking pit. That's number one. Number two, you go to the restrooms. Now, the the time they went to FedEx, in fairness. Their field, or you know, I mean, it was it was raining. It was pretty much bad weather. But you go to the restrooms. I didn't want to get down on the ground. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to touch the ground. It just. It was just. It was bad. It was. It was bad. So. Uh, there's that. Uh, the Jets are a good team. Again, how are they that good offensively? I mean, they can zip up and down the field with Darnell, but yet the record is not great. I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. He had so many holding penalties in that game. It's just crazy. Uh, New Orleans, Tampa, Tampa. Their all red uniforms are just an eyesore. <laughs> Sorry to the people that live in the Tampa area. I just I I hated their all red uniforms. Drew Brees is still really really good. James Winston is a bit of a lazy quarterback. He had four interceptions. So, who had the worst week? James Winston with four interceptions or Philip Rivers with four interceptions. It's one and one as far as I'm concerned. James Winston is he's a serviceable quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a guy that you can rely on in a pinch, but I don't think that he's gonna be, you know, your your end all be all answer. And this is some years after he left Florida State. So, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. 
I I just don't get it with Jameis Winston. Um, Atlanta, Carolina. Again, the offense is not the problem for Atlanta, but I also believe that Atlanta's defense has gotten to the point of saying, you know what, we are not as bad as what you think that we are. And they absolutely just bottled up Kyle Allen. And, yeah, it was it was really incredible. Uh, Baltimore and Houston, this was supposed to be the game of the year. Oh, my gosh. It was supposed to be Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson. And... Uh, didn't happen like that. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is your MVP. He's your MVP for this year, period, end of story. Give the MVP to him right now. Lamar Jackson is just incredible. I believe there's a difference between a running quarterback and a quarterback that can run. A running quarterback is... Somebody like a Michael Vick that just, you know what, says, you know what, I'm not even going to bother throwing. I'm just going to just run. I'm just I'm just going to pull it down every single time. I'm just going to run. Run, 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 run. And, you know, that's just how that goes. Whereas a quarterback that can run is somebody like a Lamar Jackson who, if he doesn't see something... He can pull it down and he can run, but he knows that he has to have a good balance of run and pass. Uh, the Houston Texans are now 0-6 all-time in Baltimore. That's a pretty bad line if, if you're a Texans fan. Uh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Hey, Baker uh, Baker Mayfield looked good, okay? They they keep winning, you know, some some games. You had uh you had the players that were involved in that melee at the end. They all said, you know, hey, we want to appeal our suspensions. But um the NFL has upheld those suspensions. And you've got uh you've got the, the, the quarterback for Pittsburgh saying, Hey, I didn't say anything racist or racial to elicit that type of a response. So it just kind of was like, okay, so then why, why did, you know, why, why was your, you know, okay, Rudolph, so then, why was your, why was your, uh, helmet ripped off, and you get clocked with it, I don't, I don't understand that, So, that is the NFL. So, we will come back. We will do a uh, brief segment on uh, the college football playoffs, NHL, 
NBA playoffs if they were to start right now. Then we will go into our long snap and finish up with WWE. Do not go anywhere. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and, as promised, we have your updated top 25 college football playoff poll. So let's get going in at number 25, SMU 24, Appalachian State 23, USC is back in the rankings. 22 is Iowa State 21. So Oklahoma State 20, Boise State 19, Cincinnati 18, Memphis. And at number 17, Iowa 16 is Notre Dame, 15 is Auburn, 14, Baylor 13, Michigan 12, Wisconsin 11 is Florida 10 is Minnesota 9 is Oklahoma 8, is Penn State 7, is Utah 6, is Oregon number 5, is, drumroll please, Alabama. And so that means your top four playoff teams right now are Georgia at number 4, Clemson number 3, Ohio State at 2, and LSU is number 1. All right, so that is that. Now, here is your NHL standings. From uh, the... Perspective of if the playoffs were to be held today. Here's how this would go down. Your top four seeds in the Eastern Conference would be the Washington Capitals, one, the Islanders, two, Boston Bruins, three, the Florida Panthers would be your number four seed. The bottom of the pile in the East is Detroit. They, uh, yeah, they are not doing so well this year. (laughs) So, uh, out here in the West, your top four seeds going into the playoffs, if they were to happen right today, number one, you're defending Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues, one, Edmonton Oilers would be two, Colorado would be three, and Dallas would be four, and bringing up the rear The bottom of the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Kings. So that is your NHL standings. All right. Finally, we've got your NBA playoff standings right now. So if the playoffs were to be held... Right today, in the Eastern Conference, your top four seeds would be the Milwaukee Bucks would be one, Boston Celtics would be two, Miami is three, and the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors would be four. Bringing up the rear in the East, 
is the New York Knicks at 4 and 11. Now here in the West, your top four seeds would be the Los Angeles Lakers. They're 12 and 2. Your number two seed would be the Denver Nuggets. Three would be the Houston Rockets. And four would be the Los Angeles Clippers at the bottom of the pile. And I cannot believe for the second week in a row, I'm saying this, that the bottom of the pile of the Western Conference is the... Golden State Warriors three and thirteen. Oh my gosh! I I can't believe I'm even saying that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is your weekly playoff wrap up. I will be back in a moment. We are going to go into the long snap. It's Stories, so three stories of the week that I want to go into a little bit more of a long detail in and uh, go from there. And then finally, WWE News, do not go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and welcome to the long snap. These are the three stories I want to go into more detail in. More of a longer form, if you will. Hence the name, Long Snap. So, coming up is Colin Kaepernick. Uh, He had his workout last Saturday in Atlanta. Now, if you've seen the coverage, you know what happened. But here's, here's the deal. So, Colin Kaepernick was told last Tuesday that he was going to have this workout on Saturday. Now, some people are crying foul and saying, oh my gosh, that's that's not enough time for him to get prepared. Come on. Really? He had almost a week to get ready, to get to Atlanta, to meet with team officials, to uh, iron out whatever grievances he had with the NFL. And really to to show, yeah, we have this opportunity to get back into the league three years after he, you know, rightly, uh, by, by by his appraisal, he was rightly uh, uh, saying, yeah, I got thrown out of the league for expressing my opinion. Shouldn't have been. I think it was an overreaction by the league. But I've been doing some thinking this week, and I can see both sides of the equation. On Colin Kaepernick's side, he expressed himself, which is guaranteed in the Constitution. Freedom of speech is guaranteed. Also, the right to peacefully assemble and petition the government is enshrined in 
the United States Constitution. It's it's in there. I've, <laughs> I've checked, okay? So, Colin Kaepernick is correct in the sense that he was protesting peacefully. And that the NFL pretty much said, no, we don't want you to be around because of that. So, Colin Kaepernick is correct in that sense. Where I don't agree with Colin Kaepernick... Well, and, and, and let me let me go back before I, I go to uh, seeing the NFL's side of things. There are people that say, oh my gosh, Colin Kaepernick was disrespecting the flag, he was disrespecting the military, he was disrespecting our veterans, he was disrespecting, you know, the country, he was, you know, and I'm like, stop, 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 okay, Colin Kaepernick, all Colin Kaepernick did was kneel during the National Anthem, I wouldn't have done it, like I've said, my dad, both my grandpas, I have a, or I, I, I had a, a great uncle. I've got family members now. They're all serving in the military. I would not kneel in front of the flag. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Okay. And again, some of you are, well, you're in a wheelchair. Uh Uh-huh. And let me tell you about that. When I was growing up, okay, I, whenever I was at a sporting event, I was at church, I was at some other activity, and the national anthem was played, I found a way to grab onto the seat in front of me, to grab onto a guardrail, to grab onto something, anything, to stand up for the National Anthem. That's how important the National Anthem is to me. So if I, you know, so if people, oh, you're you're in a wheelchair, you're sitting down for the National Anthem, do you not understand? I would love to stand for the National Anthem. So yeah, let's not let's not let's not conflate the two, okay? And even if okay, even if Colin Kaepernick had done that, which you know he did, it just feels to me like you're you're telling me that Colin Kaepernick hates the country, hates the flag, hates the military, hates... Come on. Really? That's... No. That's... I'm not trying to get into the weeds politically here. I'm just saying those are Republican talking points that they've had for three years now. I mean, remember that little stunt that... Uh, Mike Pence polled at the behest of Donald Trump. He went to a Colts game. He had no intention of staying there. Now he, you know, Mike Pence. Well, I was going to a fundraising 
thing. Yeah, but that wasn't until that night. So he very easily could have taken in at least the first half and then gone on the plane and, and left. No, he went in, he stood for the national anthem, he saw that uh, players were kneeling, and he walks out. I mean, oh, hello? <laughs> That's just insane. That's indisputable. That's not trying to be political. That's indisputable. So this idea that... So this idea that Colin Kaepernick somehow was being disrespectful to the flag, to the country, to the military, to our veterans. No, come on. Come on. You know. Now... To the NFL's points, okay, they had a legitimate workout set up in Atlanta at the Falcons training facility. It, I mean, everything, everything was there. Uh, you know, uh, you know, workout equipment. Nice field, you know, all all the metrics, just everything, everything lined out for Colin Kaepernick. All he had to do was show up. Now, people have said, well, it's it's a waiver. He 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 squabbled over a waiver. Look, yes, the waiver had two parts to it. One was if you don't get picked up by a team, you can't sue us again. Which, you know, double jeopardy. There is double jeopardy in in this, you know. You know, there is double jeopardy in this country where you can't sue or, or go to court over the same thing, you know, twice in a row. You can do a criminal case and then a civil case. You can't do two criminal cases that are on the same merits. But then the other thing is this idea that Colin Kaepernick was signing just a basic safety waiver. Him getting hurt, injured, all that. So for Colin Kaepernick to say, you know what, I'm not going. I'm not going to Atlanta. I'm going to make you drive an hour out of your way to go to some high school with my own receivers, with my own crew, with all this other stuff. If he wanted the media to cover the workout. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This would have been a three network just mega cast. It would have been ESPN, Fox Sports, and of course the NFL Network. And all three of those networks could have very easily gone to Atlanta Gone to the 
practice facility. It would have been, I mean, I would have watched the darn thing. And and there were there were there were bits and pieces of the workout that were were shown, but I mean, in terms of like the the entirety of the workout, no. I would have seen it. I would have watched the darn thing, but that didn't happen. So what's my point? Well, for Colin Kaepernick saying. I've been raped for three years. I've been denied for three years. You all know why I've been denied. Roger Goodell and the owners need to stop running from me. Roy Colin. Ah. Roy. I just, that just really upset me. I'm like, come on, Colin. That's just, that's just insane. Um, for those of you who, who who think, well, you don't get it. You're you're in a wheelchair, or or me, you're, yeah, you're you're in a wheelchair. What Colin Kaepernick is dealing with is like on a racial level, so you don't get it. You don't understand this, and I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, I do understand because I am in a wheelchair. Again, not naming names, not naming names, but <sighs> do you know how hard it is to find work being disabled? I mean, I have tried the retail industry again. They don't want me. I've had interviews with them. They don't want me. I don't understand why. They don't want me. The aforementioned radio stations that I've applied to. They've, you know, again, I can't prove anything. But they take one look at me and they're like, nah, we don't want to interview you. Not, not even, not even, not even give me a chance. They just don't want to interview me, which I, I, I find is just maddening, you know. So, again, I can't prove anything, but being disabled, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, I know about discrimination. Okay, people take one look at me and they automatically think. I'm incapable of doing things. So don't don't talk to me about being discriminated against. I'm not saying you haven't been. You have. And 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 it's absolutely horrific how people with uh you know you know hatred of people uh, you know, uh, different different colors. You know, have have been um, emboldened over the last few years by any number of reasons. But we're talking. I mean, you're you're, you're saying, oh, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're, you know, I'm 
you know, I'm 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 so aggrieved because of what happened. Come on, Colin. You Yes, the NFL shouldn't have kicked you out. They they very easily could have kicked out any number of players that knelt during the national anthem. They just saw you as the Patsy, if you will, they they saw you as the you know as the ringleader, and they thought, you know what, we're going to make this thing happen. And so for three years, yeah, you weren't allowed to be in the NFL, but but come on, you're telling me that that's that's your reason. It's, uh, look, I'm not foolish. I, uh, you know, I do see color. Okay, I know that skin-wise there is a difference. But, and here, here's, here's the but. Um, you know, but here's the but. I learned from a very early age not to be judgmental of people that were different than me. You know, that's just how I was raised. And so, for Colin Kaepernick to say, you know, I've been writing for three years, I've been denying for three years, and you all know why. Come on, he's just throwing gasoline onto the fire. I am with Stephen A. Smith of ESPN in saying... Colin Kaepernick does not want to be in the league. He wants to be a martyr. That's just me. Uh, Okay, uh, so that's story number one. Story number two, (laughs) that time that Baby Yoda broke the internet. I, I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is just the cutest dang thing I've seen uh, in quite some time uh, doing a quick Google search and it's just wall to wall Baby Yoda uh if you haven't been watching the mandalorian on disney plus you need to if you're a star wars fan you're going to like it anyway but that first episode where you know <laughs> the mandalorian and another bounty hunter come across the you know the pod they they open up the pod and it it's <laughs> It's a baby Yoda. I mean, my gosh. Just the cutest dang thing you'll ever see in your life. I mean, it's a baby Yoda. Uh, It's, oh, it's so freaking cute. It's broken the internet. (laughs) I swear. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was saying, baby Yoda could bring our country back together because anybody has a fight about anything, 
you just pull out your phone, you show them a picture of Baby Yoda, and both of both of you would be like, "Oh," and fights over. So yeah, Baby Yoda. Just Google Baby Yoda, watch Baby Yoda, talk about Baby Yoda. It's it's just the cutest dang thing you'll ever see in your life. Uh finally in this, uh, and this is unfortunately a follow-up to last week. Remember how last week how I was saying that Jim Cornette got into some hot water with the NWA over uh, over saying uh, some really disparaging things about mental health, about suicide, about all these other things. And he couldn't resist himself because this week, and I'll just read this uh, to you. This is from Variety. Jim Cornette resigns from the NWA after offensive on-air statements. So professional wrestling means say Jim Cornette has resigned his position with the NWA. Effective immediately, Jim Cornette has resigned from the National Wrestling Alliance company said a statement released last or actually on on uh, this this Wednesday as an announcer uh, on the uh, 19th uh, November 19th edition so just the other day of NWA Power Jim made remarks during a singles match between Nick Aldis the NWA champion and Trevor Murdoch. They were both offensive and do not meet the high standards of decency and good faith uh, of the National Wrestling Alliance. To ensure that such an error can never happen again, we've established new procedures of review for all NWA programming going forward. We sincerely regret our failure in this regard. Uh, Cornette had been working this is a color commentator. Uh, NWA's recently launched um, YouTube wrestling show, NWA Power. Um, but during uh, Tuesday's episode, he said, quote, Trevor Murdoch is the only man I've ever known that can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. Trevor Murdoch can take care of himself. As you can figure, <laughs> uh, viewers were just quick to pounce on it, saying that the statement was racist, and the uh, NWA pulling the episode off of YouTube to edit out that comment. Now, Cornette, uh, for his credit, uh, to his credit, uh, has apologized for, for his comments, but it doesn't make it right. Just, it just doesn't make it right. Uh, so there is your long snap for this week. All right. One final segment. We will be done. (laughs) Promise. 
I'll get out your hair for another week, uh, but it will be the week in WWE, and uh, we will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and like I said, I promise this is going to be uh, your uh, final segment of the week. I will get out of your hair. <laughs> we'll, we'll get going for another week, but this is your WWE segment. Of course, this week is Survivor Series weekend, so we are going to go over the card over uh, Survivor Series And uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. So, let's start off with War Games. And uh, here are your matches. You've got, in the women's War Games match, you have Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shane Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Folks, that's Murderer's Row right there. I mean, you've got eight of the best women's wrestlers on this planet inside of the War Games cage. Are you kidding me with this? I mean, that, that's that's basically yeah, your top ten in, in, in the world. The only, the only two, maybe three... Um. Well, actually, there, there, there's, there's, there's more than this. So, I mean, there, there's a uh, your top ten in the world right now. Tessa Blanchard isn't in there, and then any one of the four horsewomen. So yeah, I mean, it's it's that it's that good of a match. Uh, the men's war games match. The Undisputed Era of Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong versus Shimano, uh, Jampa, Keith Lee, Dominic, uh, Djokovic, uh, I probably butchered that name, I apologize, and to be announced, um, again, Undisputed Era, <laughs> Their war games, just legends. I mean, my gosh. Especially Adam Cole. My word. Uh, Next up, you got Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. That is going to be an epic match. That is is top-tier match right there. And then Beat Dunn versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. For the number one contendership to the NXT Championship at Survivor Series. Now, then, Survivor Series on Sunday. Got Brock Lesnar, the WWE Championship is online against Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred match. Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. 
uh, in a champion versus champion versus champion triple threat match. It's going to be incredible. Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era in a champions versus champions versus champions triple threat tag team match. It's going to be incredible. Team Raw. So you've got, uh, this is the the uh, women's 5-on-5 five five Survivor Series uh, triple threat to elimination match. So you've got Charlotte Flair, Natty, Nightmare Wilson, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan for Team Raw, Team SmackDown. You've got Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. And... Uh, to be uh, announced for NXT, so we will see what happens with that. Over on the men's side, you've got Team Raw. You've got Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown of Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G versus in soon-to-be-determined uh, or announced team from NXT. In a uh, triple threat match, uh, you've got AJ Styles, uh, the United States champion versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the Aaron Connell champion versus Roger Strong, the North American champion. Oh my goodness gracious. That that is a sexy, sexy matchup. That is sexy. I love it. Uh you got the fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE uh championship. Uh Brock Lesnar is actually uh the uh or well it's uh for the um WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> I should say Brock Lesnar is the WWE Champion. So that's that's that. Uh, and then Adam Cole versus the NXT Takeover War Games Triple Threat winner for the NXT Championship. That 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 weekend. This weekend will not suck. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. <clears throat> Uh, so Sam Punk was on WWE backstage this week for his first official full week on the show. So let's just go over the highlights. Um, Renee Young asked CM Punk, hey, are you ever going to wrestle again? And he said, hey, let's be, let's be real here. I'm 41 I haven't had any contact with WWE. They haven't reached out to me. This is a Fox gig. And, you know, hey, never say never in this business. But I'm in a good place. He said, I don't have to work with jerks. You can fill in the blanks on the jerks of who he's referring to. But, uh, so Punk was saying that. Renee Young and CM Punk were just trading shots. Oh my gosh. Uh, they were trading shots when, 
you know, they were talking about the shield and talking about Seth Rollins and and all that. And Punk just fired back and and he knew the answer. We all knew the answer. But he was like, Hey Renee, who's your favorite member of the Shield? Wink. Talking about John Moxley. I mean, people knew. And, 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 you know, to Renee's credit, I mean, she 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 knew what was happening, and she's like, "Oh, I like all the members of the Shield." I'm like, "Uh huh, sure, uh huh." So, but Renee got punk back by saying, "Your significant other," which again, wink. We can't talk about AJ Lee <laughs> because it's a WWE thing. But you know who we're talking about. So they were there. It was, it was playful, but they were trading shots. You knew that. Uh, again, their relationship, WWE's relationship with CM Punk. Punk described it as basically building the Great Wall of China. That's how much of a divide there is in that relationship. Five years going on six years later. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's interesting that Dr. Chris Amon was featured on Total Divas on the same night. It's the same night that CM Punk debuted for WWE backstage on Fox Sports 1. If you don't remember, this is basically why Punk left the company in the first place. Part of the reason is that he claims that Chris Amon exacerbated a staph infection, made it worse. Okay, I've had MRSA. It's not fun stuff to have. But Punk says that he had uh, had that going for him. Um... So it's 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 interesting that Chris Amon was one that was basically telling, um, you know, basically telling uh, Nia Jax that yes, both her ACLs are toast, but that if she was super careful, she could still wrestle at WrestleMania and get. Both the uh, the ACL surgeries done, you know, after WrestleMania. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a weird set of circumstances. Then uh, <laughs> they go into, you know, a bit of a social media, you know, mailbag type thing. Seth Rollins said, "Hey, fight me, Punk." Fight me. Now, don't know if that was in character. Don't know if that was for real. Don't know if that was just joking. Don't know. But Punk said, he shot back and said, Hey, Seth, you need to shut your mouth. Stay off of Twitter. And he said something very interesting. He said, it's better to shut your mouth and remain the fool than to open it. And remove all doubt. So obviously there's something going on between him 
and Seth Rollins. I don't think anybody, any of us really know. Maybe it's five years of animosity. I, 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 I don't know. But this, and this wasn't just one segment. At the very end, CM Punk, at the very end, you know, he he was given a chance to respond. You know, Tom Arnold, that Tom Arnold, said something about Punk, you know. And so Punk, you know, went off. But he, he said this. At, at the very end of, of his first uh, network pipe bomb, if you will, Go search for relevancy somewhere else, Seth. I mean, Tom. Again, digging at Seth Rollins. Kind of like, you want relevancy? Go somewhere else. You know? And so, that's, that's, that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a dig. Oh, and by the way, Survivor Series on Sunday coming to you live from Chicago. What are the chances that Punk is going to, ooh, I don't know, show up at the Allstate Arena? I mean, come on. <laughs> that's like, that's right there. <laughs> that's right there. Punk says he he's not interested, but, I mean, come on. It's just, it's, yeah, it's it's right and 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 with the three or with the uh, the uh, triple uh, uh, triple threat sorry the uh, triple threat match where Roman Reigns is captaining the SmackDown team Seth Rollins is the Raw team we don't know who's on the NXT team right now. And with Punk's comments towards Seth Rollins, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 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 starting to build towards something between him and Seth Rollins. That's just that's just a given. So <laughs> I, I fully expect to hear Colts of personality on Sunday night, starting to lay that groundwork. For Punk versus Seth Rollins, it's gonna be yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was a thinly veiled shot. I mean, again, I can't, I can't stop laughing every time I read this. Go search for relevancy somewhere else, Seth. I mean, Tom. Come on, you know that that's just. Itching to, to, to be made. Uh, finally, in the show this week, it's Cody Rhodes. He says that WWE is suing him over his bash at the beach idea. Bash at the beach is a, well, was a WCW announced a WWE owned property. And so, Bash at the beach. Trademark wise is WWE, AEW wants to use it, and Cody's saying, Well, I gotta buy a new suit because I'm gonna go to court. And I'm thinking, Okay, 
So, we'll see what happens. Right. Well, thank you so much for listening this sh- uh, to the show. I, I I had a lot to say this week. I will be back next week. Same format. NFL playoffs, college football uh, rankings, the long snap. WWE will go over everything that happened this weekend with WWE. If there is a CM Punk sighting in Chicago. We'll be talking about that next week. So, until then, this is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona. And just like the Beatles saying all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.